What's up, Conquerors? This is your host, Joey Pepper. And today we dive one step closer into becoming more than a conqueror through Christ who loved us. Hey, if you find this content helpful, please help this channel to get off the ground running and please like, subscribe, or leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Now, let's dive into some new content. Welcome back to another episode of Conquering Christian. I can't believe it's already the end of January. I feel like this year is completely flying by way too fast. Florida has already experienced its one day of cold weather, and we're back to the sun. I'm thankful for the sun in December, January, and February. I am not as thankful when we turn into the summer months, but I do love this time where the runs in the morning, you get some cool, brisk air. Um, But after that, you know, it's still 75 or 80 degrees and you can do whatever you want. I'm super thankful for Florida weather right now. And I'm also thankful for all of you guys that are listening to this channel. Thank you for for tuning in. Um, I would love if you guys could share this with all of your friends. Um, But right now I want to talk about a person that you all probably have heard about. Um, Her name is Amelia Earhart. And I know uh, it turns out that she is a real person. She's not just a character on Night at the Museum 2, but that character is actually based on a real person. Who knew? Um, Apparently in 1928, she took a plane over the Atlantic Ocean for the first time ever um, in history, and it was insane how risky that was. In 1928, I can't even imagine like how low tech the planes were. Like now, if you've ever been on a plane like with Spirit Airlines, if there's like one thing wrong with the plane you're like delayed for hours and then it's it's delaying all the flights behind it it's this whole ordeal and and then it just turns out that there was like one bolt loose and they just had to tighten it you know it's like i can't even imagine how many issues that the 1928 planes had and they just you know whoop yeeted it across the atlantic ocean uh and hoped for the best you know that takes some serious risk Uh, and it takes risk to even fly in general like when we think about like the actual prospect of us being in the air 30,000 feet up. Like if we fall, like there's a good chance, like something bad's going to happen. That's a risk to fly. But the point of this story uh, is that the impact from Amelia Earhart flying across the Atlantic ocean for the first time truly did change um, how we travel, how we get across the world. And it began to change the social dynamic of women leading in the flying industry. There was a huge impact from Amelia Earhart's um, first risk-taking flight across the Atlantic Ocean. So why do I tell you this story? Because your life is not made to be played safely. In this episode, we're gonna talk about the positives and the negatives of risk-taking, as well as some, some practical points to begin challenging yourself. In other words, I think that it's time that Christians take the plunge into a deeper and a more meaningful life. So if you want to take notes or if you're jogging as you listen to this, take a mental note. Uh, Resist the urge to get comfortable. And if you are jogging, I think you already are resisting the urge to get comfortable because running sucks. You see, comfort kills progress. Resist the urge to get comfortable. Comfort kills progress. Most of life is centered around doing routine things 
over and over and over again. And you know, when you are in a rut, it is so hard to get out of the rut. Like if you lay in bed for three days and watch nothing but Netflix and eat nothing but take out Chinese food, that's going to become like your new norm because it's comfortable. It's easy. It's what you want to do when you get home. And then you have to like go out to do work and you're just craving that feeling that you get when you are doing nothing and you're watching Chinese food or you're, you're eating Chinese food. You see comfort kills the progress in your life. Look at your daily life. You wake up, you brush your teeth, um, which you did the day before, hopefully. Later, you do the dishes, which you get dirty the next day. You do the laundry, which has to be done the week after that. The same is true with your faith. Most of your Christian life is doing routine things until they become a God-centered habit. For example, we read the word, we pray, we go to church. Those are, are things we do on a weekly, on a daily basis um, that build God-centered habits. And it takes about 21 days, they say, um, three weeks for something to become a habit. Now, those could be good habits and those could be bad habits, but it takes 21 days for something to become a habit. Now, once you're in a habit, it becomes very easy to get comfortable and not dive any deeper into the purposes of your life. You see, none of us are going to be perfect in any way shape or form our hearts are wicked and deceitful and we will not be perfect like christ is perfect until the day that he comes back but there is always something to make progress in if if we're not going to make it until christ comes back there will always be something that we can be working on to grow our physical life our spiritual life our emotional health our mental health whatever have you there is something that you can be working on to grow right now you can make progress, for example, in the amount of simply knowledge that you have about the Bible. Uh, there's a saying that goes, the more you know about God, the greater your capacity is to love him. You see, when we first become uh, Christians, when we first get saved, there's not much that we typically know about the Bible. Like there's not much that we typically know about the life of a Christian, how to live, how to be discipled, how to lead, how to disciple others. We just know that there was this awesome thing that happened in our hearts and the Holy Spirit came into us and we now love God and we believe wholeheartedly that he exists. Um, and we know that we have to change. We don't necessarily know what we need to change because we don't have that much knowledge. But when we gain more knowledge about what Christ is like and who Christ is, Therefore, our capacity to love him for who he truly is becomes greater because we have more knowledge of it. You can also make progress with your financial stability. Money is not a bad thing. The love of money is the root of all evil, but financial stability is stewarding your resource as well. And you can always make progress in financial stability. Um, it even says in 1 Timothy that um, if you're rich, your, your goal in life should be to give generously and to pursue righteousness. You see, finances are not bad. You can have money and you can have faith, but the love of money tends to take you away from the love of your faith. So growing financial, and financial stability does not always mean like being rich. Financial stability means spending less money than you make, but also not stressing out about the amount of money that you make. Because if you are always consistently anxious, you are not financially stable. You can make progress in the depth of your relationships. God made humans as the pinnacle of his creation with the intent to have a relationship with them. So you can make progress in the depth of your relationship with God, but also we are built for community. 
And there are many introverts that are listening to this podcast that hate talking to new people or even people that they have known for years. But progress is made in relationships and accountability. That's where true growth happens. So you can make progress in the depth of your relationships. You can also make progress in your physical and your mental health. Our bodies are uh, temples of the Holy Spirit. And yes, bodily training is of some value, it says, but spiritual training is of greater value, it says in First Timothy or Second Timothy, one of the Timothys. But physical and mental training are of some value for this world. And there are many things that you can make progress in, but when you are comfortable, they all seem too overwhelming to begin with. And you probably are going to choose to do nothing. So in order to take a risk, we're talking about taking the plunge with your life. First, we have to resist the urge to get comfortable. If we're going to take a plunge, we have to be ready for what the risk entails. Point number two is this, that in order to take a risk, we have to understand what risk actually is. See, risk by definition is simply an opportunity for something that loss could occur in. Like financial risk means someone could make an investment that goes sideways. Another kind of risk is the one that some motorcyclists take when they go 160 miles an hour down the highway at three in the morning, um, and they are risking the loss of life for potentially a crazy story. But what are some common risks that we can and we should be taking or looking to take or seeking the opportunity for? I think tithing 10% of what we make is a risk. Yes, it's a commandment from the scriptures, but it's a huge risk. Giving up any amount of money is a great risk for your financial freedom. It's a great risk on your mental health because you're giving your money away. Um, some people are great with tithing. Like they, they're just like tithes. I'm going to give 90%. You take all of it. I'm going to live in a cardboard box and have absolutely nothing so that the church and the missionaries, um, and everybody that's doing kingdom work can, they, they can take, they can take it And to you props to you. That's a ginormous risk that you guys are taking, but tithing 10% is a huge risk because you're trusting the Lord to provide for you. And you're trusting that 90% with 10% of the Lord's help is greater than 100% on your own. It's a big risk to tithe. Another risk is starting a group, whether that's like a Bible study, like a running club, whatever group you're into, um, like Dungeons and Dragons, if that's your thing. Like starting a new community group is such a risk because I, I, there are a lot of people that I talk to that are like, yeah, man, like I love discipling people and I love like reading the Bible with people and doing like running clubs and um, like video game tournaments with people. But eventually the group just loses fight, like loses fire and, and just starts to diminish and the numbers go down and the momentum stops. And then all of a sudden we don't have a group anymore. <clears throat> Starting a group is a risk because it might not work out, but it's also a chance at great community. It's also a chance at great friendships and great discipleship opportunities. So that is a risk that we can and we should be taking. And another one is similar but different and it's talking to new people. I, have you ever been the new guy or the new girl? It's it's terrible. It's awful. You feel super uncomfortable. You stand in the corner on your phone probably looking at a blank screen 
just making it look like you're doing something, right? Like it's terrible being the new person. But sometimes all it takes is one person to talk to you and then you get dramatically and exponentially involved in whatever event you just showed up to because you you get comfortable you got introduced to people and that's our job when we are in communities to go out and see new people and start talking to them and that's a risk because one you will come across as the weirdo for talking to new people and two it will be super awkward asking the small talk questions like hey what do you do for work what's your favorite color what's your favorite food all those things are not necessarily the most fun conversations to have. Um, and you're going to be stuck in some pretty awkward conversations sometimes because there's a lot of people when they're new, they get nervous or maybe they just don't know how to have a conversation. And so you're really going to have to take the lead when you're talking to somebody new. Now, when you are the new person, um, it, it is important that you also, extroverted, introverted, whatever have you, it's important that you start talking right away like when you get into the building the first five seconds say hello to someone because that's going to build your confidence and it's going to allow you um, to just have a, a greater opportunity to to get connected and to meet people um, and if specifically this is a, a christian channel so if you're new to a church stop by their connect center stop by their their new to whatever and grab a cup of coffee if they have it and just start talking to the person there um, any any interaction is going to build your confidence and it'll probably make your experience there just a little bit more enjoyable. So we talked about in order to take a risk, you have to understand what a risk is. So risk, we said, is simply an opportunity that loss could occur. But in terms of spirituality, what is a godly risk? In the last podcast episode, um, it's prayers that can change your life. If you haven't listened to that one already, I recommend pausing this episode, going to listen to that one, and then coming back and finishing. Um, because we talk about prayers that'll change your life, which is a pretty uh, risky subject to be praying some dangerous prayers. Um, and one of the, the categories there was a risky prayer. And what is a risky prayer? It's a prayer that maybe you don't want to hear the answer to. It's a prayer that maybe seems impossible. Um, and it's a prayer that maybe you don't even know that you could pray for. Um, and a risky prayer is simply like when, when you want to know what you're called to, or you want to know what the will of God is for your specific life. Um, that's a risky prayer because God's going to answer you one way or the other. When you ask him for something specific, it's going to be a yes, a no, or a not yet. And sometimes we do not like to hear the answer that we get about that question. So talking about spiritual risk, what is a godly risk? You see, godly risks, they are founded on the Bible. They're founded on scripture while they're listening to the Holy Spirit. It's probably not a godly risk to leave your wife for somebody that makes you feel happier. It's probably not a godly risk to spend all of your money on a brand new sports car. Godly risks will be biblical and they will come when the spirit leads you to do something. But it's got you've got to be careful when we're talking about being led by the spirit because there's a lot of people that take that out of context and they begin to say, oh, God told me this and God told me that. And then they do something that goes completely against scripture. 
You see, the Holy Spirit is never going to lead you to do something that is not in the Bible. You see, the it says in 2 Timothy, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching and reproof and correction and for training in righteousness. All scripture, every word is inspired by the Holy Spirit and God himself will not go against his own word. That would make him a liar and he cannot be a liar. <clears throat> So godly risks are going to be founded on scripture. And if you want to take a godly risk, that means you have to know scripture. You see, God is not going to, to lead you to do stuff that is against his word. Like marriage should be fought for. The covenant of marriage is sacred and holy, and we should treat it as such. The will of God for your life is to become Christ-like. So if you think that the spirit is leading you to fight someone, that's not true. The Spirit, we are a resistance of peace. The Spirit wants us as far as it, our extent can go. We should be peacemakers among men. See, the Holy Spirit is not going to lead you against Scripture. Another aspect of a godly risk is that it invites uncertainty. And nobody likes that word uncertainty. When things are uncertain, it will create a dependence on Christ. And that is precisely when God will be able to move and he will get the glory out of it. Uncertainty can mean a lot of different things, like an uncertain time, an uncertain feeling, an uncertain person, an uncertain event, and you, you don't know how it's going to go. For one, like moving. Moving is a very uncertain event because you don't know people in the city. Uh, maybe you have a few friends there or whatever. Um, you're moving for a different job. You don't fully know what that job's going to entail. You don't really know what the nightlife is like. You don't truly know what you can do for fun. You don't actually understand what the church there is like and how they operate. And it's only until you move there and get settled in that you're going to fully know what you're walking into. You see, moving invites uncertainty. A godly risk will do the same. You see, uncertainty uncertainty creates a dependence on Christ. When you don't know what's going on, that is when your prayer life is going to be some of the strongest prayers that you've ever prayed. Um, and in times of uncertainty, like when everything feels like it's about to come crumbling down, that is when God can show up. That is when God can, can provide and God can move and God can bring people into your life that truly transform you and, and communicate with you that God is near you and God is for you. Um, and that is when God will get the glory. See, if everything is certain and we know every little detail about our future, then we're going to think that we provided it and not God. You see, everything is a good and perfect gift from our Father. It says that in James. You see, if everything was certain, then God would not be able to get the glory because we are prideful human beings. See, taking risks is usually never fun, especially when you first begin taking risks. There's a lot of moving parts. Anxiety usually creeps in. And some of the risks that you take may not make total sense. And some of them may fail. But there are endless possible outcomes when you take the plunge into whatever you're thinking about taking. So go deeper with your faith. Start up that new group. Begin to give your time and money. When you take risks that God calls you to do, you will start to see a dramatic improvement in your confidence and in your self-esteem. You're going to begin to meet new people. You're going to get new opportunities that you've probably never seen coming before. 
and you will see God change other people's lives and most likely your own life. See, when you are persistent in pursuing a godly risk, you will see growth in every area of your life. So take the plunge. Go boldly before the throne of God and see and ask what the risk might be. See, in Matthew, God says, Seek me and you will find me. Knock and the door will be open to you. So he's wanting you to come to him. Take the plunge. Take the risk. This is Conquering Christian, and I am your host, Joey Pepper. If you liked what you heard, please like, subscribe, or leave a review wherever you're listening. If you have any questions or you want to hear a specific topic on this podcast, you can send an email to conqueringchristian at gmail.com, or you can follow me on Instagram and send me a DM at joey underscore pepper 12. I love you guys. Go out and conquer the world.